Good evening, everyone. Let us get started. It is 6.04 according to the magic screen, but it's actually 6.05. Welcome one and all to the meeting of the San Francisco Urban Forestry Council for February 2024. Um, Kyle. Would you please read the land acknowledgement? So that was item one. Item two, <laughs> please. Uh... Sure. Uh, thank you, Chair Lachin. Just to back up for one moment, um, please note that the ringing and use of cell phones, pagers, and similar devices is prohibited. Please be advised that the chair may order the removal from the meeting room of anyone using a phone or similar device. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. For comments on matters that are not on the agenda, there will be an opportunity for general public comment. Participants who wish to comment will be asked to come forward one by one and address the council. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Alternatively, members of the public may submit public comment by email to environment at sfgov.org. Comments submitted via email will be forwarded to the council members and will be included as part of the official file. I will now call the roll. Chair Lachin. Here. Vice Chair Socio Flores. Member Vista Favel. Member Sullivan is excused. Member Nagel. Member Crawford, Member Salvadori, Member Potter is absent, Member Spiegelman, Here. Member Stringer is excused, Member Trang, and Chair Lachin, we have a quorum. All right. Thank you very much, Kyle. Let us move on to the land acknowledgement. Okay. The Urban Forestry Council acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and to affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples. We honor the Ramatush Ohlone for their, enduring, for their enduring commitment to steward Mother Earth. We recognize that the Ramatush Ohlone have lived in harmony with nature for millennia and that to achieve a truly ecologically sustainable future for San Francisco, we must embrace indigenous traditional ecological knowledge and how we care for the city's lands, waters, and all its people. Terrific. Moving along, we do have to open it up for public comment. Um, are there any members of the public who wish to comment on the land acknowledgement? Okay, and seeing none, public comment on this item is closed. But next item is item three adoption of minutes of the January 26, 2024 Urban Forestry Council meeting. Explanatory document is the January 26, 2024 Urban Forestry Council meeting draft minutes. This item is for discussion and action. Terrific. I move to adopt the minutes. I second. Discussion? Seeing none. Public comment. Woohoo! There we go. Okay. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on item three? All right. And seeing none, public comment on this item is closed. Through the chair, I'll now call the roll. Chair Lachin? Aye. Vice Chair Socio Flores? Aye. Member Vese Pavel? Aye. Member Sullivan is excused. Member Nagel? Aye. Member Crawford? Aye. Member Salvadori? Aye. Member Potter? Aye. Member Spiegelman? Aye. Member Stringer is excused. Member Trang? Aye. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much. And uh, welcome, Member Potter. Excellent. 
Outstanding. Let's move on to the uh, item number four, general public comment. Members of the public may address the council on matters that are within the council's jurisdiction, but are not on today's agenda. Okay, are there any members of the public who wish to comment on this item? Okay, and seeing none, public comment is closed. All right, the next item is item five, discussion regarding content changes to the fiscal year 24 annual urban forest report. The speaker is Jesus Lozano, urban forestry council coordinator. The explanatory document is the comments and suggestions for the fiscal year 2024 annual report. This item is for discussion. All right, good evening, everyone. Um, I don't think this microphone is on, but I think that's fine. Um, so this item is, is really to have to be a lot closer to it. Okay. Thank you, Kyle. Um, to uh, try to get ahead of the fiscal year 24 annual report report. I think uh, we've discussed here at council a couple of times that it's been uh, turned in a couple of more than a couple of months late of the September 1st deadline uh, that we're supposed to have. Um, and we've discussed shifting that, but that's not what we're discussing here today. I think there has been this year a lot more um, uh, comments, questions, and and requests for the next year's um, uh, report, not only from the public, but also from members of the council. Um, in the um, meeting packet is a, I listed all of them out um, in like a, a kind of a short form. Um, and I wanted to have uh, discussion here today to kind of start guiding the work that I'll be putting into that, whether that looks like adding or removing questions from the annual survey um, sections to the report um, or, you know, kind of changing the, um, the, the content. I know uh, like a big one um, would be like kind of um, also shedding some light on the work that uh, PUC and RPD are doing that's different from, like, very different from, from our street tree work. That is mostly what's in the report today. Um, uh, if you haven't had a chance to, to um, read the document, um, I can go through the items one by one. If you have any burning um, items on it that you would like to, to cover, uh, we can start there. How, how would you all prefer to, to go? So, um, I don't actually have a preference. I was just going to point out that some of the things that were requested by email are actually covered, I think, to the best of our ability in the report. Yeah. So, the, 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 we, I think there's a, there's a sort of declining return on investment of Jesus's time trying to chase down ever finer and finer data that at the end of the day, within the context of this report may not make much of a difference. And I think that's that's sort of looking at some of the suggestions. Um, I, I, I just don't think that be a great use of Jesus's time. On the other hand, trying to capture some of the tree planting efforts that maybe we're missing now, that I think would be a good idea because it would potentially give us a better picture of how things are going. Um, so to me, these are all reasonable suggestions, but I think it will be very much up to Jesus to kind of see what, what of this 
we actually can can incorporate in what is just simply not going to happen yeah given that we're collecting information from agencies and again some of these things are actually in in the report um i had a couple i had really just one suggestion and we can talk about that as well as you and i later which is to try to capture the trends in these concerns graphs so we have the trends in trees plant and removed right we have the trends in budget right but then we also have these graphs every year sort of what are your limitations what are your concerns it would be interesting to see if that changes over time mm -hmm. and we can talk about how we captured it graphically my kind of first thought was to to just calculate a median for each of these items because it says you know are you concerned about the ability to provide adequate care to established trees has that changed over time right because we know some of the funding structures have changed over time so we can talk about how we do that without getting into a massive graphics work but i think it would be good to show okay there are trends in these limitations and concerns is there something we can do about that yeah that's because I'm, I'm trying to position this report as sort of on the one hand, it's a report to the board supervisors. But I think the other thing we could get out of it is for the various agencies that manage, and entities that manage trees to tell us, hey, from the Urban Forestry Council, we would like to see X or we need support with X as an agency that manages trees. Um, and that, you know, it's a longer term longer-term change, but I think it'd be interesting to at least offer them an option to say, you know, what would you like to see from the urban forestry as an agency who manages trees, as an entity that manages trees, as FAF, as Mission Verde, as the port, as the PUC? Here is something that the Urban Forest Council could help with. Um, and that's really all I've got. I don't know if folks want to go through the points one by one, or we want to Kind of leave it to Jesus to to see which of these we can. Yeah, and uh, I'll add one last thing before we move forward. Um, I think with some of these changes, I just like I'll I'll have to admit that my kind of area, I guess expertise, if we're calling it that, is street trees, uh, street tree management. So if we're kind of leaning more into natural areas, I will need support from council members um, or staff at your organizations to to start shaping those a little better um and i, I want to include that if that is appropriate but just wanted to put that forward before we get into discussion um should i start with just through the list i think that seems i we we can i i would people like to go through the list i i don't think it's necessary in the sense that we can kind of write out a sentence on each of these items and bring this back but if people have you know you have a, you have a list in front of you if you have if you see a thing on there that you think absolutely needs to be um included again keeping in mind <laughs> not just resource limitations but also the purpose of the report um you know i'm, I'm happy to to have jesus address a specific thing for jesus if you have a thing that you think would warrant for a discussion <clears throat> yeah i mean i really like the pitch i think damon made uh in october of last year to include more natural resource management um 
as a topic. Um, I think that would be like a really interesting addition to the report um, and would, you know, in some ways address some of the other uh, requests that we've received uh, over email, um, like directly or indirectly, uh, but also highlight the work that the rest of the council is doing, not specifically on, on street trees. Um, so I think it, it'd be great to focus some of my time there. Um, I just, I'm not sure how I would go about structuring that. And if the survey as it stands, which is like how I receive data, um, what kind of updates or, or like, a you know, we have a alternate survey for some organizations that are neither landowning nor planting trees, but still have like decision making. Um, and tree policy, so maybe there's like a new survey that would be for natural resource management. Uh, I, I would be much, much happier with that outcome rather than changing the existing survey just so we maintain continuity of yeah. that data set. But here's my proposal, um, given that it was David who proposed it. I would say for this first go around, uh, maybe Damon and Jesus could, could work up something, what would this look like, right? Yeah. Then, then, then you can send out to other landowning agencies and, and get kind of their input. So it'll be a slightly different set of information than what we collect now. And I think we, given that we have some expertise on the council in this, mm -hmm. um, you know, if Tim was willing to spend a few minutes with you kind of suggesting what kinds of questions might be used, what kinds of questions might be answerable, I think is really where we're at. Um, that would still fall under the, the purview of the Urban Forestry Council so that we're not going totally afield. Um, you know, grazing management might not quite be where we're at, but some kind of oak woodland restoration might be. So that's, that, that's why I'm thinking, let's start small, so to say. And then kind of offer that whatever we develop to other agencies and say, okay, this, do these three questions make sense for you? And I'm thinking more in the realm of three questions rather than 30. But I'm, I'm open. In other words, rather than answering, rather than saying, provide, you know, detailed information about 73 different things, I'm thinking more provide a bit of a bigger picture information on a few questions. Yeah. yeah, I think if we can add those three questions, but if those three questions could then lead to a, a deeper conversation outside the board, mm -hmm. something that strikes up um, an understanding of what the PUC is trying to accomplish, RPD is trying to accomplish, even if it is just three questions to allow those questions to be um, presented in, in the form of the survey that potentially could, you know, create a discussion outside of the council. So Jesus, we can definitely, I can get together and we can work and try and formulate. Spencer, if you'd like to be involved in that. Sure. Any um, natural areas, RPD, if not, it's fine. I'm just, you know. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to be involved. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's something that isn't necessarily counting trees is kind of my thinking. Yeah, the, 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 the street tree approach is completely different to the hazard assessment approach on open space and natural areas in San Francisco. So, but they're both equally important here in the city, yeah. right? So if we can figure out three questions that we could highlight some of the things that the other departments are doing, 
to also go along with, you know, public works and potentially the port and things that, you know, container trees, sidewalk trees, things of that nature. But we can also highlight what other departments are doing in a minimal way just to get, you know, get a voice out there to show that there are multiple aspects to urban forestry management in San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, to just kind of where my mind immediately starts going on on this, like aside from like the new survey questions, um, what other like smaller like agent like nonprofits or groups kind of fit into this question line of questions? Like, uh, would some of our farms or uh, other like that kind of thing, like urban orchards? Like, do we start including that or? I would, my suggestion would be to sort of start small on what you're asking for. Yeah. So kind of three questions, but start big on who you're asking. Yeah. So that we capture the sort of major land managing agencies first. Yeah. And then we decide, because some of these things are genuinely interesting, right? Like an urban orchard is an interesting question. You know, we have those. Okay, let's talk about it. But it's not necessarily the first pass. Okay. That would be my suggestion. I'm just, you know, trying to shape. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes, makes sense. I'm conducting outreach or once I start emailing people to get the surveys answered. <laughs> but if we're starting with just, you know, uh, like different questions for for you, for Spencer, uh, for Morgan, uh, since that's kind of more natural resource management also, um, then... You know, that's kind of shifting how the report looks and I just want to like, who's also interested in. So well, the natural resources management portion of it doesn't necessarily have to be like a range and grassland management portion. We plant a lot of trees and we grow a lot of our own shrubs that generally will become statuesque trees. However, we can keep the report focused on tree management as it's kind of already historically been. Okay. But if we can broaden the brushstroke to other agencies that are planting, maybe not necessarily where everybody gets to walk past the tree, but we're planting in the open spaces. If we can get those tree counts recognized and the efforts behind the divisions that are doing it, then we can add that to the report. And if, if further years down, we start to see that more people have an interest in this and want to get their information reported, we can go and open up the, um, you know, the question and answer portion of it and maybe add things as it starts to progress okay. as we start to broaden the report. Cool. Um, thank you. Then I think unless anybody else. Anybody else? Oh, one, one thing to add, uh, in terms of low effort, high impact, I was thinking, uh, Given the locations of trees planted could be a good visual for the um, for the report. We already have that. We could just provide that each year. Okay. That is a good idea. That that is a, even if we only have the natural areas provided as sort of colored, you know, fades. In other words, you don't have an exact count, but you can say we planted on the order of three hundred. That that yeah, that'd be great. Like and certainly for street trees, yeah, that that's a really good idea. I imagine like point data is probably not what I'm going to get. Right, not from natural resource agencies, but from from street trees, we we will have point data. Okay. But again, it doesn't it doesn't actually have to be point data. It could be just shade, that kind of color intensity map that yeah. shows where the effort was. That yeah, the my initial response to this though is that. Um, 
we start trying to create like quantification type maps or, or something like that that shows the density of urban forestry in natural areas. I, I mean, that's just really forests are just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to natural areas. I mean, we, we uh, our, our focus in a lot of natural areas is not on urban forestry restoration, but it's it's like grassland restoration or, um, you know, rocky outcrops, different ecotypes. So I, um, I think that any sort of any sort of sort of any, any analysis like that should either purport not to be holistic and just look at trees or it should look at a larger swath of different types of ecotypes because i mean you know you look at something like twin peaks and, and and if you tried to quantify the forest up there and say that that was representative of our natural resources work it would look like we're doing nothing but we spend an enormous amount of resources up there preserving um you know grassland really important ecologically important areas that, that don't have really any trees so um i think that uh what makes it makes me nervous to start thinking about okay let's look at let's look at the urban forestry and natural areas because that's just like a it's a very it's not a holistic way of looking at it it's just taking something in isolation and it's a whole ecosystem that has lots of different components so um I, any conversation about this needs to pay attention to those sorts of considerations yeah so i think if just on 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 that line um do you see that being more productive? Like if there is like a tree count of like how many trees natural resource managers planted, uh, but then accompanied with narrative on like the other work that happened, or would you would like to or are you kind of leaning more on that that's data? a good that's a good consolation, but I think that um my experience is that people sometimes ignore the narrative and just take the quantification and run with it. They'll take the okay. numbers and they'll take it out of context and um and they'll be like, Oh, here's what they're doing. And um, the narrative gets lost in the wash. Okay, so that, that's an important note. That was that was my concern too. So that's why I was sort of trying to trying to think of this as providing an additional space that isn't the same kind of question as to to kind of tree counts. Yeah, spaces filled, all that, but it adds a bit of a dimension of actually. Recreation Park is doing X, Y, and Z. Don't have to focus on the numbers, but yeah. you get a, you get a place to to express to express how you're contributing to natural resource management. That somehow I would argue that somehow involves trees. You want to kind of keep to that side of things, but yeah, you don't have to say, well, we actually removed a bunch of. Of course, you removed a bunch of trees because you're maintaining the grassland, right? But again, you. It's it's not meant. That's why I said let's start small. Let's figure out some format that will make sense that isn't trying to shoehorn the work that doesn't fit in with the street tree context into a street tree context. Yeah, and I, I guess like that's immediately that's if we're like kind of taking some narrative in the way that a lot of the questions in the existing survey are kind of get formed to a Likert scale. So maybe like a, a like a priority list of like what natural re like I'm not not trying to reduce the work into a Likert scale, but like that could be a way to turn narrative into like a visualization without like fully taking like the report into another direction. Let's let let's see how things shake up. That's why I'm saying let's try. I'm willing to try. Yeah. Okay, great. Sure. Thank okay. you. No, and and I understand the hesitation. I understand that. Yeah, it's it. This could go sideways real quick. But I think if we're trying to open up 
kind of the the yeah way we look at it, then yeah, it needs to work for everybody. Let's not reinvent the wheel though. There's been lots of efforts to try to quantify natural resources management in the city. And it's always a messy situation. We're trying to do that with the climate action plan. We've tried to do that with our own strategic plan at Rec and Park. It's really hard to quantify natural resources management because it doesn't lend itself easily to, you know, numeric numericism sort of. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like it's at most you can do a gradient of, you know, um percent invasive plants, percent native plants or something like that. But even that trying to track that in a in a like a meaningful way is an a is a Herculean undertaking. Um, you know, we need some sort of LIDAR tool or something like that to assist us to really have updated data. So this whole project, I mean it's it's really interesting. I'm totally willing to continue having conversations about it, but um Let's try to maybe um, start where we left off. Um, we're having this conversation with your colleagues at Department yep. of Environment about climate action planning right now, and um, they they were also stumped about how to do this. Yeah, and as to that, for for both of you, is there existing annual reporting on this? Like, even if it's not to where you would like it to be, because maybe this is could like to like also reduce work on on your side if there's like reporting that I can take and synthesize into something that's useful for the, the yeah let's talk um we do strategic planning and we we try to quantify our efforts that way um and so there is there are some numbers you can you can begin with but i'll warn you they're not very satisfying okay so PUC can't quantify hours worked in grassland restoration and invasive plant removal to a certain degree which could somehow shed light on the work that's being done that not necessarily is fishery mm -hmm. But, you know, grassland maintenance, restoration, crew hours logged, you know, plots, how big we worked. So we can somewhat quantify that. Yeah. I, I would suggest focusing on outcomes and narratives rather than hours and sort of. But but again, this I think let, let's give it a try. Let's see what kinds of things work for people. Okay. I think that's that that would be my suggestion, my approach. Um, um okay then just kind of to bounce on another one that uh felt like an important one to me from our discussion in october uh was i think nick was the one that brought this one forward was um a street tree cost analysis i think the one that the number that we're using in the annual report right now for how much it costs to plant a street tree uh, is not like a very updated number so if do, do we think we can update that number or like, how could we represent that in the report? Was it not you, Nick? I'm sorry if I'm, it was, I'm sorry, but yeah, was it, was it, you we had a 8% to make it look like, because of the number were older. Okay. But we had it, you know, eight to 10% to kind of match a little bit, uh, the cost it seems like. Okay. So yeah. that, that would be. A relatively easy one to ask people who are planting trees who have that data. So some agencies are just not going to have that data per tree, but for agencies that do have the data per tree, that would be an interesting question to ask. What do these costs look like? I don't know. Um, you well, know, is it all over the place? Is it is it all roughly in the same ballpark, or is it really incredibly variable? I I don't know. I, I don't want to introduce like. The complexity of a new exercise for this, but you could ask me every year what our 
what our in-lieu fee is, and that's the cost to plant a tree and establish it for three years. So I could always give that updated amount. Uh, you know what? We will definitely do that. Okay. Because that actually is an interesting data point. It's, a, it's an interesting data point in a report like this to be like, okay, this is what we think the tree cost is. Mm -hmm. And then if Jesus gets ambitious, I think the, the second question would be, okay, well, what is it actually? What are the different agencies actually? The ones that are able to provide the portrait. Understanding not every agency is going to be able to, but you know, what does that look like? Yeah. That 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 would be an interesting discussion. That would be a potential interesting discussion because we keep coming and we'll come back to money in the next item. But yeah. So that okay. Well that I think that's a good start, right? Try to figure out how we include some of these stories that are not kind of individual tree focused and they're not canopy focused, they're kind of a different angle. Um, try to figure out a map, at least for street trees, a map of where the trees are being planted. Again, I think that's a that's a good idea. And then try to figure out some of these cost questions. Okay. Understanding that, you know, it's very difficult to remove questions once you've added them. So. <laughs> yeah, and I think maybe like, it doesn't have to be a, a question that gets answered annually also. Like, I think, you know, we've been working on with a number of that's it's, it's an interesting, that's true. So the costs you might answer only every third year or something like that. Okay. Um, so like we could test out, like, just asking the question, um, mm -hmm. individually to, to like the organization that mm -hmm. might have the most trees in a year over the last few years. I think that that would be like sufficient since they would probably have the best cost per tree. Um, um, okay. Um, does anyone else have a, before I just pitch? Yeah, I was gonna, you know, um, because native plant conservation comes back a lot. So I think biodiversity. Yeah, yeah it, it just comes and it's maybe, you know, like we always ask how many trees we planted and what type of plant tree we planted, but we never go into detail. But it's always hard to say like what's the percentage of native trees being planted compared to the percentage of non-native trees. Really? So that's probably something that we can ask people to give a little more detail, you know, and, and not, you know, it doesn't have to be like so many species now. I'm just saying like native, non-native, to get some kind of percentage that's a little more accurate, you know, that and so we 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 know more or less where we at, you know, and, and so later on it can help out figure it out. Well, if we need to plant more of those native trees, where are we gonna be planting them and everything? So kind of think about what Peter showed about the oak trees, this first survey in the city. And and so later on, we can use all those details later on and, and start building something off of it. Right now, we just, in the, we say like, oh, what, what we planted those native, you know, but I didn't tell you how many we planted, no. But I have the data, no. So, I, I, yeah, yeah, for me, for example, no. And I'm sure Nick has all the data, five all the data. And as it, and and I'm sure you do too. You know how I many you planted, what you planted. Now most of the big agencies have it. You know it's just a little more work for us to pull it out. 
but it does, maybe doesn't have to be like very detailed, you know, it can be open also in the questions, but okay, you're yes, both no. at its species and things like that. But we could just put a data of like, what's your ex exact percentage between native and non-native and give an idea, does it grow over the years or does it not grow over the years? You know, um, yeah. it, it just kind of, that's what I'm thinking, you know. Sure. So we can ask, there's about six species that we would want to list out, right, as mm -hmm. native and then ask what so, proportion of your planting is one of these six. Yeah, just like coastal bay area native, you know, like mainly, you know. Right. I mean, that's that's where then you get into this argument yeah. about native no, no, to where. That's why I'm thinking we, we should be very precise and just yeah. say, you know, we can we can work with Nick and work with work with you and kind of develop a list basically and say, yeah. okay, these. And that that one could be just kind of thinking of like climate action plan and other like goals. Um, I think that one could very specifically be local native and like that could be the discussion there because that seems to be like the bar that's being set by our goals, but you know. I think as long as we define what we mean, yeah, you know, and we basically list the species out, then it's yes or no, very simple. Yeah. They don't have to go into a. And that's that's fine. Those are listed in I think the forest plan, and I think yeah. also on the SF plant finder. So like we have like existing sources of like city presented sources of what right. Just give them that yeah. list so they don't have to track it down and you don't have to, it's like, no, yeah. it's, it's these, it's one of these, it counts. If it's not, doesn't count, that's it. Okay. Um, sounds fine. Yeah, very simple, you know. Yeah. If it doesn't, in, it's not, doesn't fit in the box. It's, it's not, not on the box. list. It's not, that's, we're not going to have that discussion. We're just yeah. trying to sort of figure out. So, um, we, can I go back with the tree analysis cost? Mm -hmm. uh, I do the tree report for the port, and if, if that question come up, and it'll be difficult for even for our agency to report on, because we just put in like two hundred tree for a park mm -hmm. situation. We they come in different sizes, mm -hmm. um, twenty four inch, sixty mm -hmm. inches, and and it's put in by a contractor's mm -hmm. bid system. And I have no idea how to get that information from a contractor. I guess we can ask them. And then again, if the size of the trees is make a huge difference, mm -hmm. how much that tree would come into cost. Mm -hmm. And the maintenance cost, I assume we can just assuming the cost of um, maintaining, pruning, and watering, like labor costs after put in. Um, so it's an estimate cost, but I'm a bit worried about this to come up with the cost. Are we, how specific we asking for that question? And then I, I would say, don't worry about it. <laughs> Cause I know this, I know, I know this is going to be a massive challenge for some agencies. It's going to be real simple. This is what we pay. This is yeah. what for other agencies is going to be just a massive challenge. Um, I would say, let's not anybody be worried about it. It's more of, let's give it a try. Okay. Um, yes. Fully, nobody's going to get criticized for not being able to provide information in this way because 
not all agencies account for it the same way. So immediately on, on that, like, I feel like this, then it gets shaped into more of a narrative question, uh, especially if, like, I'm only asking it this year, uh, for at least for the next few years, um, because then even with street trees, there's nuance between like, is there concrete that needs to be cut? Is there not concrete that needs to be cut? Is, you know, uh, 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 a volunteer group watering it yep. not? So like that can get complex fast. Um, but I think I can cast a wide net if you yep. can answer it. And if they can answer it, then I can write up all the responses I get and try to get to a number that way. So that way it's not. Like this and is definitively we can identify the agencies too. That that at least initially, I think would be perfectly reasonable. Um, you know, to say because these are not actual bid numbers; they are estimates. We are not identifying each individual agency. We're providing this as a range, and that actually is an interesting question. So, if you have a park with you know twenty small trees and twenty giant trees that are being installed, what is the range? The range is going to vary at least tenfold, if not twenty or thirtyfold. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. Um, so, but it would still be interesting to see what the range looks like. Now, if somebody tells me the range goes from three thousand to five hundred thousand, okay, you had one giant tree that you moved, and that was half a million dollars. That's maybe not useful. But if it's between three thousand and seven thousand, okay, well, that's you know. Yeah, I think typically street tree left far for Nick's uh, department. And there's certain standard size we put in. Right. But what in I guess in the exception is the park system like Spencer Reckon Park might come in short. Like you can put seedling in and you can see that's a tree or something. Or they could be moving a tree yeah. and it comes in as multiple tens of thousands of dollars yeah. because they, they wanted to move. That's perfectly reasonable, right? That's that's all perfectly reasonable. It's not a it might be simply a that right yeah. answer instead of like a quantity, yeah. like you can't come up with like as, mm -hmm. as sometime in the survey question it's very like you have a choice. Yes, no, so that's that's what we're saying. That this this is where we're not going to go for, you know, that survey per unit per bid kind of thing. We'll we'll I'm sure Jesus can figure out. I'm sorry, Spencer, you were going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, how are we feeling? There's no sorry. So um there's a lot of comments about risk claim and fire and so that's all risk now. So um, again? you know, in the emails there's a lot of comments about risk claim, fire you know, uh, risk mitigation for fire and yeah. things like that, no? Um, and so we we all respond to the risk claim thing, you know, and none of the dollar, you know, like this year I put NA, you yeah. know, and last year I was just like, mm, I don't know if I want to answer that because I don't know the true answer. And also, I don't know if it really helps the tree really that, you know, uh, does it really help the tree? uh to have like two million dollar of risk claim related to tree falling you know is that does that really help you know tree in general with risk claim insurance are not friends with trees like it's typical um, um so in the arboriculture industry insurance always try to have fight with your neighbor so you trim all the branches that lean over the Roof of your neighbor, even if you have an arborist, they still 
that do uh, consulting our boys, our master our boys, that do a report saying it's safe, it's a risk assessment, but the insurance is going to say, I'm not insuring you anymore until your neighbor remove that tree or put all the branch on that side. And this is current practice happening today, every day, and everywhere. You know, so uh, I'm not saying this happened here. There's not that many trees between neighbors in San Francisco County, you know, all the houses are tied to each other. And I see this East Bay and South Bay and North Bay. It's very common practice. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of like, when I look at the question where risk claim, you know, uh, it just like, it's kind of vague. Now it can be anything. It can be a branch that break the windshield. It can be uh, uh, someone that trip, tripping us out. It can be, it's, it, it, it's so vague. It's so, it's, it's so big at the same time. I'm worried, you know, it's always going to be a big risk claim with a big tree falling on something, you know, and it may not show the real picture. Actually, the bigger tree is the one that provides the most benefits. If you show that, you know, if we go in that direction, it means like we're going into what insurance has been trying to do over many, many years. So. Right. I remember that the question, that specific question about claims was discussed a number of times before, and we all agreed that it's not an ideal way of capturing what we're trying to capture, but it's something we can ask. Yeah. Right? We can ask the agencies, as you point out, may not have data or they may be reluctant. That's all fine. But that's a question you can actually ask. Whereas when you get into a very technical kind of, well, tell us, what kind of failure this was, like it was a claim resulting from exactly what kind of failure, chances of us getting that information is zero. It's short of going to the city attorney and get scraping through their records of what they paid out. So I, I would kind of let that one ride with mm -hmm. the understanding that this is going to always be very, very in, imprecise. If people have other suggestions, I'm I'm open. But I remember we had this discussion yeah. a couple of times already, and this was sort of this is sort of the best we can do in essence. Um, yeah, there's probably other ways of getting this information, but not some that's kind of within our powers. That was okay. basically the, the well. I think to to some of the comments here um, from from the the submitted requests, um, all that data just is still being collected from what I understood when I got the report, uh, the surveys back. Um, so like, if I get data from 2023 that I can put into the next report, I will. Right. Uh, and that's, that's what I have right now. Um, as far as the other ones there, I think you mentioned like the, the wildfire stuff. I like, I don't know how to approach that other than right now I know there's been a lot of conversation um, and I've been taking notes on the conversations that I've been included on and like further meetings and I think like at at the very uh, like a very simple way of like including this these kinds of topics in there is like I can provide a summary of what was discussed at various meetings that are related to the topic um, but I don't know how so we were talking about having the somebody from the fire service come and talk about we had somebody a few years ago i don't know if yeah. any yeah i think at least morgan was here but nick was here too when we had somebody from the sf fire department come and yeah. talk um and i think we'll do that again um 
with the understanding that a number of these issues are simply not within our purview. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, you know, we, we certainly can have somebody from asset fire come and talk about how they see things and what their yeah. concerns are and what they're doing about yeah. it. Um, I will say that the wildfire coin, in fact, there is an article saying something like urban fire is not wildfire. And it's specifically this issue of using the wildfire context to evaluate fire hazards in urban areas doesn't really work. It just the way wildfire hazards are set up, evaluated once the density of structures gets over a certain point, that framework doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So defendable space in a city is not really a, con a concept that's that's feasible because right. your neighbor's house is in your defendable space. So <laughs> so there. Yeah. So I would I would say let's have somebody and we'll invite somebody from as a fire department. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and and then let's sort of see what we can do about some of that. But I, I would say let's start by having somebody come in and talk about how they actually um, let's bring the fire marshal manage. That's what we had. That's what we had. Yeah. We had yeah, the fire marshal. You know, they the fire marshal and the city will 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 do a reverse defensible space. Means like the land that has a tree and all that stuff has to maintain. On all side for the other, the people on the other side, and it's kind of like not, and the people that are, that own all the lands that actually will more worry about the car park and the house that is full of black matter that yeah. can burn. We're gonna be bringing that fire. Yeah. It's kind of a reverse yeah. uh, system. That's what that's what he's saying. That's uh, why I, I think, at least from from my perspective at this moment, what I feel like I can include is just like a summary of what guests discussed from a fire marshal joining us that's, or like that's it. public responses yeah. that were made um, from like the mayor's office or like any other thing, like data that we do have, I can aggregate it and include it in the report. Yeah, I think that's a good start. And if, if we see that there's a need for that in future years, well, we can revisit that specific issue. But for now, I think let's bring in fire marshal, let's have that discussion, and then that goes into the report. Yeah, just, just for the record there, DUC utility, we do look at our property with a wild land fire interface, which ties into private homes. You know, we're dealing with 2,750 acres of natural areas which will react and respond like a wildfire until it does get into the communities which then will be a typical san francisco city fire but we do have wildland fire interfaces that we do approach some of our our tree removals and our land management to create defensible space yeah so reverse defensible space for street trees but wildland defensible space in these large open open you know parcels so it's it's kind of a mixed bag here in the city there's you got to put on two hats okay yeah, yeah. just have it sorry just had a question i saw some comments about eucalyptus trees and people being worried so what's the implication what do they want to do there was a lot of talk about in the email about eucalyptus and fire hazard but that's the right so that's that issue of how do you manage fire hazard someplace that's at the same time an interface but also a city yeah. um and that's why i think it'd be good to get okay. somebody from the so fire service like, 
But it's not like we, we, we it's not like they, they were implying that we have to remove the trees, right? Well, I think they were implying that. <laughs> but I think but it's better if we bring in somebody from fire service and actually have that discussion. Right. Um, okay. I think but that's right. Also, in that same discussion, I know, like you said, you do follow wildland fire uh, interface um, like management. Um, so, like maybe you also with the SFFD presentation, we could have um pc or like any other organization in the city that does manage land that way to come and discuss like best practices i think that that would be a good way to shape like a more cohesive discussion for the report and just kind of to address some of the concerns here i think that hits like the major points um on on this list can I, can I just add one more comment? Um, you know, I think we should prepare when we bring the fire, um, uh, the, the fire, the fire department in not to impugn them in any way, but th their expertise is not at all wildland fire. Yeah. Um, uh, unlike a lot of other county. Um, so San Francisco has the lowest wildland fire risk in anywhere in Northern California. It has, um, we have a hazard and climate re um, resilience report that was came out a couple of years ago. That assessed the hazards in the city, and one of the hazards that assesses, I think, in Chapter Nine, is um, wildland fire, and it concludes that wildland fire is basically a non-issue in San Francisco. Um, it's it's you're much much more likely um, to have a danger from a house fire in this city than than a wildland fire. So it, they basically that report and the hacker group, um, the hazard and climate resilience group, assesses this every couple of years. And they, they looked at it carefully and they, um, I mean, much, much greater risk in San Francisco from, from dozens of other um, issues, um, you know, that we don't have to go into. But so I, uh, this fire department is going to come here and they're going to be like, okay, well, well, I mean, we should hear from them. Don't take my word for it. But they're going to they're gonna say, you know, we don't really manage for wildland fire here because what we do with the real issue is from houses. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, there, it, it's not gonna, I think it'll be maybe an interesting conversation. But um, I think we should be prepared for for them to. Um, they don't. I mean, they, they don't even really have uh, wildland fire gear in the city. They, you know, they 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 fight fight fires like in the type of gear that they would use to fight house fire. So um, anyway, that's that. You um, so you good. just described our last <laughs> interaction with the fire service. Yeah. That was exactly what it was. But I think I, I so I agree, and that is exactly how it's going to go. But I think it's important that okay. Because this was raised as somehow being an issue of trees, mm -hmm. I think it is important to get the fire service to come in and say, "Well, actually, this is how we see it." Okay. But can we? But can we also use uh, Spencer's suggestion to to respond, looking at the report? If you give this data, we can. I mean, it's... we can. I mean, there's not. I don't think there's a formal way for us to respond to public comment on the report, other than to have. Discussion like this, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe citing the report. But we can definitely. That's true. We can definitely do that. That's a yeah. good idea. How about we bring the hacker people in to talk about it? You know, that 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 might be instructive to that for them to actually, um, you know, if we want to ask them questions about what what risk does the San Francisco's urban canopy pose to, um, uh, you know, the public. That 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 would to me would be a more interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great idea. Great. Yeah, I, I will yeah. just take this moment to say that 
uh, San Francisco Fire Department employs a lot of folks who used to work as wildland firefighters, and they have been extremely helpful with storm cleanup. Uh, they are very proficient. You can tell which fire department crew cleaned up a tree before we got there based on how it was cut and stacked, but it, it, there is a lot of expertise there. Yeah, totally. And but but that in some ways that kind of supports the point, right? It's yeah. it's it's what they used to do. It's not what they do now that they're they're speaking to <laughs> when it comes to wildland fire. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll structure it up so it actually is productive and informative. Thank you. Yeah, that's actually that's okay. That's it. That's five things. I think that's a good start for next year's um, next year's report. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. To keep doing this, but I think it's important to be very protective of what we add to the report so we don't add to that workload and timeline. There's a lot of great things we've talked about, things that we can produce at the council through other things throughout the year. And I think right. we should we should be able to do both. And, and there's other items on here that I think are like are simple enough to add. Like I have some of these documents already. They just weren't like particularly ready for this report. I just wanted to have them here for for like transparency of what like I can add. Um, if it's like a dissemination of information type thing, it's just a, a like a appendix item that I can include. That's fine. So there's other smaller items here sure. that I don't want to disregard. But like the inclusion of some documents, I can I can just do. No further discussion. We want the public comment. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on this item? Okay. So thank you all for um, um, considering to expand the scope of your 2024 urban forest report. Now, my major concern has been wildfire, and I wouldn't rely on fire department because they just stood by at a town hall meeting several years ago. Supervisor Mandelman called a town hall meeting and Eric Anderson, Reckon Park, told us neighbors from all around at Glen Canyon Park. No, they were not going to do anything to reduce or manage fuels for a wildfire and we should just mind our own defensible space, which is totally unacceptable. Okay, the board of supervisors would be would find your information helpful if you would tell them, well, which departments are doing anything to manage um, um, fuels for wildfire or mitigation of wildfire risk. The Board of Supervisors held a wildfire hearing in 2016, and all the supervisors there expressed their concerns. Now, Joel Lingardio is also concerned because the um, emergency water supply pipelines have not been built. And how can the city claim that we have a low hazard rating when Cal Fire's map shows moderate fire had severity ratings on the west side, mostly on the west side of the city where we don't have the proper pipelines. So, yes, the Board of Supervisors would be really happy if you could tell them from your 2024 report who, which departments are doing anything about 
wildfire risk? Do they have a plan? Are, how are they managing the wildfire risk, uh, uh, the fuels for wildfire? And another point is, I think it's really easy for you to get uh, some numbers from Reckon Park about uh, how many native plants or non-native plants, however you want to define them, are leaving their nursery. I mean, they keep track of all the plants in their nursery. Anyways, I think it's really important how you define these words because to Reckon Park, native could mean plants from some other part of California, which makes no sense for San Francisco. And in fact, many groups, including the Natural Resource Division, Sutra Stewards, um, Nature in the City, the California Native Plant Society are focused on plants with San Francisco genetics, plants that were that evolved here. Great. Thank you for your comment. Are there any other members of the public who wish to comment on this item? Hi. Um, yeah, so in terms of the deadline, September 1st is actually mandatory. That's statutory. It's codified in the Environment Code Section 1209, subsection A. So if you were going to change that, you'd actually have to change the law. Um, in, in terms of um, additions to the report, first, I would just encourage you to keep what you have because it's really great to be able to see the trends and statistics year over year. Um, and then in terms of additions, whenever I write a report, and I write a lot of them for my work, I, the first question I always ask myself is, who is my audience? Um, and so what do I want them to know? Uh, I think here there are some real opportunities to add data that aligns specifically with the council's responsibilities that are set out in Environment Code Section 1203 and the goals in the Climate Action Plan, specifically the tree-related biodiversity goals, tree planting, and tree policy. For example, the Climate Action Plan called for policies of tree preservation and construction and basal area replacement by 2023, which was last year. Um, and the Environment Code Section 1203, subsection 9, empowers the Council to assist with the formulation of policies that affect trees. So you could, for instance, ask these questions of these agencies, what are they doing to comply with these Climate Action Plan-related goals? And in that way, you achieve several things. First of all, you could be educating those departments on those goals because they, frankly, might not even know about them. You'd be opening the door for those departments to then come to you so that you could uh, fulfill some of those uh, mandates for the council by helping them develop that policy. Um, and then you align your report data with city plans and goals. And then by aligning your report data with city plans and goals, that gives you more credibility when you say write a letter to the mayor and say we need more money uh, for tree planting. Um, and then finally, I think it would be a great idea to encourage, I would encourage you to highlight community efforts. I'm not making a plug for Mission Verde, but the reason I say this is that when you do that, it gives you a reason then to connect with that community. And it gives you a reason to send that report to them and it gives them a reason to share it around and then that ties directly back in to the council's mandate to do community outreach and to do community education around trees. And so if you loop more people into that, you get more, you grow your audience and you get them more engaged in what's happening with our urban forest. Thanks. All right, thank you for your comment. And seeing no additional members of the public, com public comment on this item is closed. All right, the chair of the next item is item six, 
Discussion regarding updates to strategic priority six of the 2019 Urban Forestry Council strategic plan. The speaker is Igor Lachin, council chair. The explanatory document is strategic priority number six. This item is for discussion. Okay, so um, what we're doing is we're going through the strategic plan one bit at a time, and we're going, <laughs> that's, that was funny because I do talk too much. Um, one piece at a time, we're starting with the last piece because I thought it was maybe the least controversial or, or you know. Um, so basically what I would like us to do by the end of this year is have some idea of what of our strategic plan we need to update, what we need to discard, what we need to add. So for example, let's look at item six. Now, this, there are other ways to do this. I, I, I will acknowledge that at the beginning, which is we could just take the whole thing and try to swallow it like a snake swallows an elephant. But I think that might be a elephant too far. So let's let's try for these individual bits, and then at the end of the year we'll come back to it. We'll look at it and say, you know what, this doesn't make sense as a plan, or does that make sense, or here's what's missing. But I don't want to just kind of discard the whole thing. So let's try looking at individual elements and say yes no change update and so on so element six was the the goal was to attract additional funding for tree planting and protection and this is in the era of reasonably stable tree funding for maintenance right so this is one of the changes uh, post 2016. So the idea was one of the ideas was to. By the way, this came out of the retreat. Did we call it or what did we call it? Yeah, yeah, uh, which was a retreat to the presidio, <laughs> uh, where we all sat out with a lot of whiteboards and drafted these elements of a strategic plan. And so one of these was to invite people from cities that have been successful in funding planting. Now again. Maybe this is less relevant in this sort of post giant grants era. I don't know, but that was 1 idea. Um, identify the key stakeholders in San Francisco again, that would. Have something to say about funding for tree planting. And then, based on that, develop an action plan that was sort of idea. Number 1 idea. Number 2 was the develop financial incentives to plant established trees. And this was sort of an interesting idea. What are the financial incentives to plant and establish trees? So rather than conserve during construction, this is more of a planting. Um, and again, you can read this sort of for yourselves, but one was to look at what other cities are doing. What are the incentives for someone to plant a tree? Um, and then the number three was the existing regulations for restitution payments. What does that look like? Um, does it cover the cost? Does it do what we're trying to do, which is preserve and expand canopy? Um, but the idea again was attract additional funding for tree planting protection, but let, let's just stick with planting. Um, it's a relatively short item and I'm open to suggestions. Does anybody think we should delete this from the strategic plan? So I think part of the inspiration here was the success of uh, what Gordon Matassa did with his uh, climate event. I'm going to say it was his event, but he uh, conceived the idea, organized it, invited people, 
made a conference happen on short notice. It was incredible. Um, without that person and his incredible organizing ability to make that happen, I think this seems like a much harder ask, like how to, who's going to do this and how do we do this? So I, I've got Gordon's email. <laughs> I, I saw Gordon at a meeting today at noon today. So Gordon, come on, come here. We need your help. Yeah. Uh, so I, th I think that the, that's where the summit part came from. It was like, he did it so easily. It seemed like we should do that again. And now it's wow. Uh, how do we do that? Like, do you feel, do you feel energized to host a mini summit? I, I don't know. It's, it was kind of incredible how that happened, but, uh, I, I do think like we've your points about the, this new era of large grant funding is a game changer, but it's not, it's not enough. And it's not like a, a reliable funding source, like one year of fantastic grant. Grant funding does not make a pattern uh, that we can bank on. And then um, for number three, due to uh, heroic efforts on a member of the public sitting in the audience, we do have increased fines and we also have, um, we've made code changes with the Board of Supervisors for um, illegal tree removals, which would definitely would mark progress in number three, but there's still quite a bit of of um, work to be done in that regard for tree protection and preservation. And then that number two point, it, it feels like what a, it's a great idea. How could we do it if if we got like ten million dollars or something to do through, like a well, we'll give you this um, break or fee reduction or something like that if you plant or preserve trees or something like that, uh, because uh, I can't imagine it working any other way, like for a, an agency to reduce fees, unless they were like another funding source to offset that, because all of our fees are driven by like, the staff time to review and issue permits and things like that. So it, that, that's still some of the out of the box thinking that I would love to see us be able to do, but um, I don't think we have any progress report on that middle section either, which just begs your initial question. Should we keep it? Is this, is this like ridiculous? Like we should focus on other things or should we scale up like number three and just finish the work that's been done there? Like, I guess that that's where I'm at. But, but, some of these are great ideas, but if they're not going to happen, we should just slim this down to more realistic um, goals to set for ourselves. Sorry, you mean fee reduction? You mean for developer, developers? But just one, I think one of the ideas is if you were, um, if you had a project and you were um, incentivized to retain trees or plant more trees, uh, and there were a, a fee reduction associated with that. That would that would address the the it would make it cost neutral or potentially even an incentive to do that. But I mean, many projects are already they're already required to plant trees, right? In the city, like uh, most projects, 
require tree planting and the removal is just um, functional to the project, but usually if you remove, you have to offset with other trees. So this would be additional to that? Or? or it could be outside of what we have control over, like uh, trees in the property or something like that. If Okay. Uh, no, because I was trying to figure out which uh, kind of project would trigger that, that add a lot of, uh, they make a difference on the impact. I don't know, but maybe in other jurisdictions, you mean? Like, I don't know which though. Like, Permit fee are pretty expensive in city and country of San Francisco. So it is pretty expensive to plant trees. So at the end, it's still benefits county and San Francisco. So it's just one department is going to get less money when, because there's less, less fee for them now. So that's kind of <clears> like <throat> what Nick's trying to say without saying it. Yeah. You know, means like the money is still going in the city, you know? The value of the tree is not just money, you know, and it's still going in the city. So it's true that to build any real estate project in the city, even the mayor said it's a, it's a nightmare of fees and permit process, um, which is pretty scary, you know. And if you want to remodel your house here, it's going to take you an, a year just to permit process, which includes fee and all that stuff. And so that could it's a very interesting idea because um the it's still going back in in the city benefits you know it's not a financial benefit it's not going to go in the department that put the fee in normally but it's still going into the same bucket um at the end and uh so and it's the same idea that you know the all the carbon you know like uh, the big polluter in europe or just put money to plant trees and they could still pull it, you know, it was not a great idea, but you know, that's what they, they did for some of those uh, manufacturers in Europe and things like that. But to me, what Nick say kind of makes sense a little bit mm -hmm. because if they can't found it, they just make a little less money on the fees. Yeah, no, but it's, I agree as well. It's just like, I was trying to figure out what this, uh, this provision would change from existing conditions. So you're thinking maybe about private or like a singular single family homes when they go to get a permit, you reduce the fee and you plant the one tree or because the, the, the bigger developments, they are required to plant trees already. Yeah, but not enough. That's kind of the idea now. They require to any real estate project will do what planning tell them to do to the parent and they stop to there. You know, but if you tell them, hey, if you plant more tree, we'll leave, we'll leave away those fee, they'll say, oh, well, in that case, you know. Uh, so you mean like offsite? Well, leave away, you leave away those, we can plant more trees, use some organization, okay. or I'll pay a five or whatever, you know. And in that case, you know, yeah. the money is still going, and that's what I was saying. I don't get that. Yeah. It's still going to the city, and the value and the benefit is still going to the city. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, it's a way to transfer money um, right. in the virtual, you know? But right. I mean, that's, that's really what that item number two, most of what's in there is that idea of yeah. somehow, I, I don't know how much I wanna... space there is for that. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's why it's in there. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thought it was a good idea, but yeah. I want to jump in here real quick. 
just because yeah. you know i think we're getting into the discussion okay. of the items themselves and i think what we're trying to do is maybe reprioritize what this list is and like how it's it's formed i think just from what we're discussing right now it sounds like maybe uh like number three is our priority here where we have to figure out what is here like i would hate to invite a mini summit and we're not actually completely in agreement of like everything that's going on um, as a council or as uh, different agencies representing you know, here separately. Um, so it, it really so priority A is to review existing regulation. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I'll, I, we can move that to number one and then like yep. convening a mini summit, which I think like is a cool like aspiration of this strategy. Um, but like seems a lot more removed from like an internal look, yeah. um, at least kind of from my perspective and like how I would want to allocate my time for, towards that. Like I would want to do that and it'd be maybe cool to like also like invite other cities that are also trying to figure it out for like yeah. this summit, uh, if, if that's something we want to pursue, uh, which I think would be awesome. But, um, then just. To kind of lean us back into the discussion of like, how are we editing this strategy? Um, we're reprioritizing the item three to the top. Um, and then how are we landing on number two? I'm a little confused uh, where we're going. I think I, I, what I would suggest is reprioritize number three as A. So that's let's let's be clear on what we've got, especially with the changes. The mini summit, I would prefer, although this is going to get nightmarish in terms of logistics, but, you know, we could do a zoom summit with about a dozen California cities and give everybody a template for a slide and say, here's what we want you to talk about. We want you to specifically talk about how you find tree planting. Don't, don't come at me with a thousand other things. I want to know specifically about tree planting and then you can split it up. You can split it up between parks streets, whatever, if you have different funding mechanisms. But what we're really interested in is where do you get money? How many do you plant per year? And then what your overall costs are. Right. Um, I think that still would be informative because I'm, I, I don't actually know how different cities fund their stuff. You could start by asking that in a questionnaire. Uh, we could sort of run a survey, but I think it'd be frankly easier to get everybody together on a someday over Zoom, again, Kyle and um, Jesus will have to tell us how we set that up so that we're in compliance with well, everything and anything. But I would prioritize that as B with an understanding that it's not going to be happening tomorrow or, you know, anytime in this quarter. And then the financial incentives, which really, you know, is, is some kind of fee offsets. Um, I would punt that to our illustrious planning and funding committee for them to just look at it um, and to see how much space there is to actually do that. Because there, there might not be, I don't know, I have no idea. There might just not be any, um, like it, it might, as, as Larry was saying, like, would this make a difference? Yes. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, I will shut up now. That That's my suggestion, but I'm not married to this. So if, if people have better ideas, I'm happy to. Here. 
feel like two and three go back to what we were talking about earlier about getting a true cost of these trees of what it costs to plant them because once you kind of have that i don't know if that would help with if we're trying to suggest a tax break what would would the tax break be the cost of planting a tree to keep a tree um yeah i just feel like there's some info here that still needs that we still need to, to patch it all cohesively i mean i mean so so as uh, Igor was saying, maybe we can talk about it further in the um, other the subcommittee. Uh, but um, generally speaking, I think the so there are requirements already in place. So developer need to plant trees by otherwise they won't get the permit. So that's basic baseline. But it sounds like we are saying that they are not enough. So the model could be. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. I, don't, I haven't researched, but I'm thinking the model could be like the affordable housing, you know, when the developer cannot do it on site, they do it off site. So, this idea of fee reduction, you know, it's a good idea. I mean, the financial part should be designed. I, I don't think I'm the person to do that, but, you know, the idea conceptual, the developer can design, this, the city can design a fee reduction. Proportional to the tree planted, and the tree planted could be offset, oh, sorry, offsite somewhere else. But then, how realistic is that? Or not like the mission uh, case, you know, the, those two trees that were removed, and then thirty trees were planted in the mission. You know, was a whole other strategy. Took a long time to figure out. It was ad hoc, like that project. If there was a mechanism to do it, I think it's an interesting idea because it's very creative, and you can. At the end of the day, you're creating extra green canopy where it wouldn't. But the feasibility of it, I think we need to think about it a little bit, like in terms of, you know, it would need to go to the board of supervisor as legislation, right, to be approved. And then also, what if there, there is no, where, where are these trees? Like, where are they going to? Be planted like in Reckon Park properties, <laughs> no park. I mean, if you don't have a street, because sometimes the problem is the street is constrained. You know that's why people don't plant trees. The other option is the other thing is uh, thinking about the sidewalk landscapes. That I, I know I brought it up before, uh, and I know you guys told me at the beginning that we focus only on trees. But you know that is kind of um, that. I mean, it's not canopy, so it's a. Maybe you know better what the effect are, effects are. I don't know. It's definitely not shadow shade, you know. For but I feel like it's still greening, and uh, that could be a compromise in some locations because those can actually be increased easily, even if they are utilities. So okay, so okay to punt that to planning and funding. <laughs> I mean, things like in the funding committees. Yes, accepted. Except I thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so how how about are there any other comments? Is it is everybody good at reprioritizing the one, two, three into B C A <laughs> and then we'll we'll take it from there. Number three becomes our first priority, number one becomes our second priority, and number two becomes our third priority. And, one thing I just want to say on the mini summit, I do think Zoom would be a great start, especially okay. since it's referring to itself already as a mini summit. And if depending on how the turnout of that is, doing a, something physical where people come to us to visit us. But yeah. Igor, can you tell me what the uh, priorities are again? 
sorry. Priorities are, so number one was to convene a mini summit. That's now priority B, our second priority. Number two was to explore financial incentives. That is now priority C, or third priority. And then the third item was to review existing regulations. That was That is now our first priority. Thank you. Thank you. And then, like, minutia of, like, how the, like, sub things under those different priorities get written up for later discussion later discussion I, I wouldn't worry about it i would try to just capture the the three big items yeah okay fantastic no further discussion public comment okay are there any members of the public who wish to comment on this item yeah uh regarding item one which is now item two a mini summit. So that's something that I, I did during COVID when we couldn't get out and be together. Um, I organized a three webinar series with co-hosts and guests and subject matters that touched on several aspects of urban trees. Again, kind of considering who my audience would be. So for instance, the first one I did was on trees and environmental justice. Um, the second one was called creative solutions in complex urban environments. Uh, and the third, which was cute, birds, bees, and city trees. Um, and that focused on ecosystems. And we had um, Judy Irving, the director of the Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill, and Dr. Drew Lanham, who is a professor of wildlife ecology at Clemson University. And it doesn't have to be fancy for it to be effective. And literally, I didn't know Dr. Lanham. I just heard him on uh, The Moth, and I emailed him and asked, and he said yes. Um, but between all of the people on this council, uh, you could most definitely come up with some pretty interesting and engaging speakers. And if you did it online then and recorded it, then it exists as a matter of record, which is great because then you can continue to use that and refer to that um, for content for things like priority number one, uh, reviewing resist, uh, existing regulations. So I undertook a nearly two-year review of Article 16 with Bureau of Urban Forestry Tree Inspectors, which as Nick um, mentioned earlier, I think probably had something to do with the changes that ultimately came around to that law in February 2022. And there are still a lot of recommendations from that work which might be beneficial. But my personal philosophy regarding regulation changes writ large is to really tie them to existing plans and existing policies. The more that the proposed regulatory changes are tied to the city's own stated objectives, uh, then the harder it is for decision makers like the Board of Supervisors to say, no, we don't want to do that. Why wouldn't you want to make a change to regulation that goes to directly advance a policy or a plan which you have previously supported? So that would just, for whatever that's worth, um, that's kind of my personal approach on, on proposing new regulations. All right, thank you for your comment. And seeing no additional members of the public, public comment on this item is closed. All right, moving right along. Right, staff next. report number seven. Right, next item is item seven staff report on recent work performed by the Urban Forestry Program on behalf of the Urban Forestry Council. The speaker is Jesus Lozano, Urban Forestry Council coordinator. This item is for discussion. Yeah, um, so since our last one, I've been receiving a lot of these comments. I've been kind of working on them. Uh, there's been the uh, discussions um, that I'm sure a lot of you have seen in your inboxes about wildfire. I've spent some a decent amount of time um, working on uh, responses to that and um, 
just like trying to coordinate uh, for for what we might be able to do next with that. Um, I've also been kind of continuing work that I hope to have in fiscal year 24's annual report on like oak tree and biodiversity they support. Um, and I think as Spencer mentioned earlier as well, working on a lot of our climate action plan reporting regarding trees. Um, it's it's been a lot more reporting and research that I've kind of been focused on, um, but now we're heading into Arbor and Earth Month, so some coordination for that um, is going on on my end. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's kind of where my time has been spread. All right. They've turned on the jet engines in the in the building. Um, great, thank you, Jesus. Uh, any discussion? Public comment. Okay. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on item seven? All right. Seeing none, public comment is closed. We will share the next item is item eight: Urban Forestry Council member announcements. This item is for discussion. The only announcement I have is that. We're coming up to March, so we have the sort of off cycle election for the council chair. Um, I intend to stay as chair, but if anybody wishes to run, let me know and we'll open up the elections in March. Uh, we'll not be reopening elections for vice chair because our vice chair just got elected. So that's off the table, but I'm on the table. If anybody's interested, just let me know and we'll have elections. Otherwise, we will simply roll on as is until next March. Just that's all I've got. Uh, just announcing that Arbor Day it, for Public Works is March 9th. So we are uh, doing it in District 5. Uh, the New Hope, New, Ho New Life, what's the name? It's, it's in the panhandle, the, the school there. As uh, the the host location, and we'll be providing transportation to plant 50 trees throughout District Five, and then 50 trees the day of in the Tenderloin. Uh, we are we're planting in the Tenderloin based on Member Emeritus Blake Troxel's identification of the Tenderloin as the highest value, imp highest impact place to plant a tree. In San Francisco, it's four of the top five census tracts, I think eight of the top 10 when you map the environmental justice burden with the canopy. So we took that to heart and planted in Soma last year and now in Tenderloin this year. This is essentially kicking off of the CNRA grant uh, as well. So we will continue to plant until every basin is planted, even cutting new basins, discovering sub-sidewalk basements uh, and all of the challenges that are inherent in planting in the Tenderloin. But we we think that it's worth it, the effort and we're, we're funded to do that. We want to make it, uh, we want to make the Tenderloin the first neighborhood that we've fully planted out. Um, come hell or high water, we're going to do it. Uh, I, on our walkover, I mentioned that I'm either um, dumb or naive, <laughs> but they didn't tell me it couldn't be done. So we're going to go for it. So, uh, we'll also include on Arbor Day tours with, um, uh, a member emeritus, uh, 
uh, Mike Sullivan giving a tree tour. So feel free to join, say hi to him. Uh, we'll also have a tour of the uh, street tree nursery, which is much further along than before. So feel free to check it out and uh, um, see see what's happening now. So we are on the cutting edge of climate leadership with that, and we're dealing with solar power outages. <laughs> so we're learning along the way. It's been a challenge, but invite invite everyone to come and plant trees with us or check out some of the tours. And then, sorry, Nick. So the maintenance is what is the maintenance that the city is going to do maintenance or the proper who who is maintaining those trees for the beginning? You guys or Bob? we. We're, um, we're planting and then either our staff or our grant partner, which starting March 1st will be uh, con the Conservation Corps instead of Clean City. Uh, they will either our group or their group will be right. watering it for the until established and then we'll be responsible in perpetuity for the maintenance. But there is quite a bit of outreach required. We've sent letters to everybody mm -hmm. of uh, renting those locations because we want their engagement and we've met with the um tenderloin transgender district the um cbd yeah, and it. other organizations there and it's been really valuable yeah. getting their um their insights and support cool thanks can you repeat that date again march 9th i can add more details i, I pulled them up uh so the first is a neighborhood beautification day which includes the tree planting um, so both events, the Arbor Day Fair and the um, Neighborhood Beautification Day, kick off at New Traditions Elementary School at 2050 Hayes Street. Um, that's Saturday, March 9th at 8.30 a.m. Um, trees will be planted throughout District 5 and the Tenderloin, Panhandle, Western Edition, and Haight. And then the Arbor Day Fair, uh, which is um, has more tabling um, and other, like, Information booths, uh, bucket truck rides. There we go. I was waiting for that. build your own planter boxes, other uh, games, and um, a fun addition: free compost. Uh, to whoever has a five-gallon bucket available to them, um, so that starts at 9 a.m. and goes all the way to 1 p.m. Um, there's a 10 a.m. tree ID walk uh, with Mike Sullivan and 11 a.m. street tree nursery tour. Can you, Jesus? Can you send out that link to everybody? Oh yeah, Great. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that would be good. Anybody else? Public comment. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on this item? Okay. See so no commenters in the queue. Public comment is closed. The next item is item nine, new business future agenda items. This item is for discussion. So we'll continue going through the strategic plan. So you'll you'll receive one item each. Well, that's all I've got for the moment. I have a question. So, mm -hmm. um, do you guys, because I missed the last meeting in January, uh, did you guys talk about um, the new members or, or it's, uh, I can't remember where we, where we left it because it was December last time yeah. I saw you. Um, we didn't because there's some kind of a, Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's Jesus. What do we do? We have any plans? Yeah, so we don't have, I don't have dates right now um, as far as targets with that, but we're just still seeking one community, uh, one, one member for the community seat. Um, so 
I guess at this point, if you have any recommendations for oh, someone in that seat, I was just I was I, just curious. I don't have any. Yeah. Any agendas. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank no, you. no big updates. But everyone that I've checked in with the current applicants, they're all still interested. We just gotta be complete before we go to the board of supervisors. How many seats are we looking for? I mean, it was Fuff, one of the members that considered. Uh... Fuff had a turnover in the role that uh, for the applicant from Fuff. Um, so they're still identifying who they would like to to move forward. But we will have a Fuff applicant still. So currently, how many are we? I mean, are we have MDC for? Seven. How many members are we searching for? How many are we are we seeking still? Yes. Uh, to so, make a full council. Yeah. So, where there's uh, uh, two nonprofit seats from the board of supervisor, um, and a community seat also from the board of supervisors, and uh, an, an ISA or um, landscape architect seat. Um, that that we're also searching for, um, and then there's the mayor's office seat um, that is tree care industry. Um, we have applicants for most of them. Um, we're just still seeking another applicant from Friends of the Urban Forest and for the community. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Public comment. Okay. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on item nine? Great. And seeing none, public comment is closed. And, and the next are item adjourned. is item 10, adjournment. The meeting is adjourned. The time is 7.37 p.m. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.